Welcome to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Carl and Todd's recent trip to Yale Divinity School sets the stage for a conversation about disagreement among Christians. Can there be disagreement between Christians? How do we deal with it when it comes up? At the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to download an MP3 from the Alliance. Well, Carl and Amy, uh, recently, as Carl's already written about a little bit, uh, Carl and I had a chance to go to Yale Divinity School. Amy had a chance. Amy had a chance, and she chose to be a responsible adult, take care of her family, um, do uh, responsibilities. Carl and I, on the other hand, are men, <laughs> and so therefore oh, we can just do pretty much whatever we, we want to do, and our beloved wives uh, take care of, of the details. Wow. But what was really interesting about uh, going to Yale Divinity School to, to participate in a, in a discussion dealing with the contemporary church is that we knew we were going to be going into territory where there was going to be some pretty significant disagreements between presenters and, and, and people present. And what do you know, but Carl and I, the, 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 the OPC guy and the PCA guy were first up and we had no idea what this thing was going to be like, really, did we, Carl? I mean, we were pretty, I mean, you and I, I think we're writing our presentations during kind of the intros and stuff, still trying to figure out what we were going to say. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. uh, and, and so what Carl thought he would do, Carl thought it would be a really good idea to step into a forum at, at Yale Divinity School and let everybody know up front that neither he nor I um, approve of the ordination of women, which I thought was a great way to, uh, to break the ice. Carl, can you explain your thinking there? Uh, well, I, I thought it's always better if one cannot uh, determine the the manner of one's death, one can at least <laughs> determine the hour. So I felt that by uh, by putting that out there straight away at the very start, uh, well, we would get out of the way what was going to be ultimately the elephant in the room. Right. And I thought, right. it, having worked in administration and done sort of PR statements for the seminary, it's always good to get out ahead of the story. You have a little bit of control when you introduce it. So I want to get out there because I thought sooner or later it's going to come up. I want to be able to to state this in a respectful manner that allows me to to determine the the time, if you like, and to some extent control the discussion of right. of women's ordination. And well, certainly, one of the uh, there was a PCUSA a woman minister there who was, I think it's fair to say, quite agitated yeah. by our position, but not inappropriately so. No. There was a, a trenchant exchange of views, uh, and then we moved on to, to other topics, and the topic never came up again in the, in the three days of the seminar. Um, her objection interested me. It's sort of slightly wrong-footed me in that typically in, in our circles, when women's ordination comes up, it becomes it very quickly becomes a matter of uh, exegesis of New Testament passages, perhaps in the context of, of the Old Testament. Uh, 
but she used the argument about disembodiment. I'd mentioned that we had Amy on the podcast. This was perhaps controversial in our circles because we don't believe in women's ordination. And she pressed back on the fact that we were denying Amy a bodily presence in the church, which is kind of wrong-footed me. And I think in some ways didn't quite get at what we were we're trying to say. I was trying to say we're giving Amy a voice. She was saying, you're denying Amy a body. So we were sort of talking past each other to some extent. But it was a very friendly uh, discussion. What struck me afterwards was talking to students who said they'd never seen in the university context uh, an identity politics issue like that discussed in Mm -hmm. a civil way where the, the combatants, if you like, were able to move on and then talk about other things. And that's and that was that's kind of really the the point of our discussion is 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 how do we engage each other on issues where there is disagreement in some cases significant disagreement and do so in a way um, that is not uh, acrimonious or or hateful or or intentionally misrepresenting the views of those you you disagree with et cetera et cetera because oftentimes we see that in the church unfortunately. I think it was good that you kind of stated your position right from the beginning because um, you're being upfront and honest and you're showing that you're not really wanting to settle for a, a superficial kind of unity, that you guys can engage in a little bit of a debate there and, and listen to one another and be sharpened even by the opposing side. Yeah. You, know, and, you might not and, agree with what they say, but you can still be sharpened by it. And, and doesn't, do, doesn't the venue also have a lot to do with how we disagree. So for instance, right, yeah. you know, Car- we, we knew we were going to Yale Divinity mm. School. We, we knew we weren't going into a church or into a denominational um, uh, debate over an important doctrinal issue. We were going to be there for right. a conversation, engaging people, some of whom we were going to agree with, others that we were going to uh, disagree with in some cases quite, uh, quite sharply. And so in a setting like that, you have far more latitude, I think, to say, oh, you know, it's okay. We agree to disagree. Um, but you can also show what your platform is, you know, ab- honestly, absolutely. where you're speaking from. Yep. Yep. And that yep. might and sh- reveal some blind spots, really. I mean, I even think um, denominationally, like the, the Valerie Hobbs report that went out on Aquila, um, all this talk about disembodied women, um, mm-hmm. well, not having a bathroom for them. <laughs> Right. That's right. a blind spot, you know? Okay, yeah. yeah, women are being disembodied here. They have no place to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So, I mean, we have some blind spots that need to be made aware. And, and, and it also reminded me of the importance of, as, as evangelicals in the classic sense, conservative people committed to the gospel, committed to things like, you know, substitutionary atonement, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And then more specifically, as reformed evangelicals, um, how important it is to periodically engage people that you have strong disagreements with. I think it sharpens you. Right. I, I think it probably adds, leavens your life with a little bit of grace, a um, little bit of understanding, makes you a little bit better listener. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where we have to be careful that the spirit of the world doesn't encroach upon us in ways we don't realize, that we, we live in a, in a society at the moment which is very polarized, where aggression polarization, 
slamming and insulting your opponents, not listening to other people. These are the stock in trade of the world we now live in. I think Christians have to to plot a a better way for people. I mean, bottom line is we believe that everybody's made in the image of God, and that should Mm -hmm. temper our response to people. Now, there are some issues where you're going to respond, if you like, to somebody advocating serial killing, <laughs> in, in, a, in a different way to you going to respond to somebody advocating women in the ministry. There is a moral hierarchy of opinions. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, again, the maintenance of, of a moral hierarchy is important. We live in a world now where somebody who puts out an insensitive tweet is considered as wicked as somebody who's committed right. genocide. Again, as Christians, mm-hmm. I think we know there's a moral hierarchy in the universe. And so knowing people are made in the image of God and knowing that while all sin is sin, not all sins are equal, right. helps us to retain a sense of proportion when dealing with those with whom we differ. And also realizing that not all disagreements are rooted in moral depravity, if one could put it that way, that there are such things mm-hmm. as honest disagreements. Right. I don't, take a simple example. I don't regard my Baptist brothers and sisters as being uh, in deep-seated anti-God rebellion because they don't baptize children. I regard it as incorrect. I might even go as far as to say, you know, because it's the sign of the covenant, really, you should be placing mm-hmm. it on your children. It's disobedient not to, but it's, it's not the same as sacrificing. Right your children to Molech, for example. So I think Christianity helps us retain a, a sense of moral proportion because it does have a, a clear moral hierarchy embedded in it. Yeah. And, and I, also, again, you know, the, the, the venue and participants of a particular uh, disagreement. So if you're sitting at a table having a discussion with someone who is in the PCUSA or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America – you know, we're discussing an issue that we disagree on. It's not going to impact directly the denomination where I serve because we know we're in very different camps. Um, a, a battle doesn't have to be joined in that case. However, um, I've, I've been preach I've been preaching a couple messages just recently out of Acts chapter fifteen, the Jerusalem Council. Um, there was a, a, a debate within the church um, over something as significant as the nature of the gospel and justification by faith. And in that case, the battle is joined. And Peter and Paul and Barnabas and then James later, uh, they weren't there to try to stake out a third way. You know, that was a debate they had to, for lack of a better phrase, they had to win that. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, there was a time where where Paul had to rebuke Peter to his face because of the nature of the gospel. Um, And so, yeah, the participants in a particular disagreement and the venue of that disagreement, if, if somebody comes into my church where I serve, and wants to, to tinker with the gospel, then we're going to have a disagreement that may have to rise to, to the level of, of some unpleasantness. But sitting at Yale Divinity School, it didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah but I do think there's like a, a common challenge, no matter what your venue is, and that is when you disagree with somebody, it is, I think all of our defaults is to take it personal. Mm-hmm. And so we're offended personally. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's so important <clears throat> for us to notice that and to try to focus on the content yeah. instead of personal attack. And, you know, what are some ways that we could do that better? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting because on our, on our session 
where I serve, um, we have this thing that they, they learned before I came there, and it's been incredibly helpful. It's very simple. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it, but, and you mentioned one of the words, Amy. Um, we look at an issue, if there's some disagreement, and we say, okay, where's the disagreement? Is it in disagreement with the principle? Is, it, is the disagreement pragmatic as far as uh, how something is going to be applied? Or is this disagreement personal? And, you know, if, if, if we agree on the principle but we just disagree on the pragmatic or, or the implementation of it, we can work with that um, pretty easily. But if we go deeper and it looks like the disagreement is personal, then we need to do some relational work. But it's been really clarifying as we've looked around the room on a couple of issues and say, mm-hmm, you know what, that's helpful. We're, we're united on the principle. There's no personal stuff going on here. Really, all we're disagreeing about is the implementation. That we can work on. And that's been very helpful. Sometimes it's more complicated than that, though. When, when no, it's not. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in America, perhaps. It's a fairly simplistic <laughs> society. But uh, <laughs> no, there, there are times when a principle is so identified with somebody's identity that it is difficult to separate the two. For example, the, the woman minister we disagreed with at right. Yale. I could understand her passion of feeling career. because yeah. in some ways I am calling into <laughs> question her life calling. I am exactly. calling right. into question who she is. And it, I understand why that is seen as, if you like, for want of a better word, an aggressive thing to do. Right. And, and I think in, in issues like that, it becomes you know, the art of having a civil disagreement over something that really cuts close to somebody's sense of self and sense of identity. That's a harder one to do. Um, I can disagree with people in the OPC over whether the OPC should be three office or two office. You know, there are issues like that we can disagree over. It would be much harder for me to be to civilly disagree with those who fundamentally call my calling into question. Sure. Now, having said that, I get on well. I've got some good Roman Catholic friends who would not recognize my ordination in any shape or form. Right. Um, and it's a big part of my identity. So it, I guess it can be done. It's just more difficult mm-hmm. in those kind of contexts. Well, I think we need to be I aware of that. that. You guys did that is, um, you know, just in talking with you about the trip, is you actually served her, didn't you? And you went to an after party and you ended well, up helping what, fetch her coffee. <laughs> well, well, she, yeah, yeah. Well, well, she, she, you know, she was great, you know, and yeah. She was very, very gracious. Because they welcomed us into their home afterwards, yeah. after there had been a couple tense moments in the discussion, and actually uh, put us to work. And that was actually very helpful. You know, yeah. we, we, Carl and I were there first, and we helped kind of get food out on the, the table. table. Lay the table. And- yep. And, and it was great because she engaged us <laughs> that way. And uh, that's beautiful. I think yeah, that's and she, a good and she was way delightful. to yeah. respect personhood yeah. and yeah. all being made in the yeah. image of God and being gracious and, and favorable to the person. Right. Yeah. right. And it's one of those things where, where we would not be able um, in a healthy way to worship in each other's churches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we just couldn't. The disagreements are too profound, too deep. But they treated us in their home like welcome guests yeah. and we were happy to receive that and we felt very welcomed and um, uh, we, we didn't need to try to convince them in their home of what we believed they were wrong about. Um, that just wasn't going to mm-hmm. happen. Right. That wasn't the venue. It was to not do. the venue to do that. And that's where I think, you know, again, not wanting to sound too trendy, but where embodiment's important. Mm-hmm. 
you know, when you look into somebody's eye, when you're sitting in the same room with them, when you're reading their body language, there are a lot of almost unconscious signs we send to each other. And being able to go to to the house that evening and in, just enjoy some friendly time, eating food, having a drink, a conversation, the bodily contact was important there, I think. Mm-hmm. And again, it it it's it's why I suppose it's been a problem ever since the Reformation, but as soon as you have pamphlets, now you have blogs, you've got tweets, etc., etc. It's much easier to be brave, stroke mm-hmm. aggressive, stroke nasty and unpleasant Such a good point. Yeah. when you're not sitting in the same room with the person, when you haven't got to mm-hmm. share a meal with them. So uh, to going back to the old minister's early point about embodiment, embodiment is important. I mm-hmm. I, I, I would not wish to deny that in any shape or form. Don't you try to like go out to dinner with the person you're about to debate? <laughs> Didn't you say that to me before? When I did a debate a couple of years ago with the one of the, the leading local atheists, we went to the pub together and grabbed lunch a week or two beforehand to lay out the rules of the debate. The problem we had was we got on so well as we left the pub. <laughs> he, he turned to me and he said, this debate could be tough because... Yeah, it, it's hard to debate somebody that you really like, right. Mm-hmm. Right. and uh, we we I think we did an okay job at the end of the day. Uh, but it, you know, human beings, we are embodied people, and mm-hmm. bodily contact is important. Yeah, and, and it feels good to get along with people. Yeah, uh, George Orwell makes a comment somewhere. I think in one of his letters, were sent to somebody that he'd actually viciously attacked I think in writing but then met and he he writes a letter to this person effectively said I can never do such a vicious attack on you again because now I've looked into your eyes and I know that you're a man like me Mm -hmm. and that was that really struck me when I read that a few years ago that yeah uh, the the real human beings behind blogs and tweets and things and we need to remember that we need to remember they're made in God's image and we need to allow that to shape how we we frame our debates. And, and I think to have a commitment that if I'm going to write something that is critical, yeah. and in, oftentimes we need to do that, yeah. if I'm going to do that, then I, I shouldn't write anything that I wouldn't be willing to say to yeah. them face-to-face. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's why if, when, when I write something where I'm calling someone to task or criticizing something, um, I always sleep on it at least one night, yeah. sometimes yeah. several nights. And I, and I inevitably go back and, and edit some things. That's something I've learned the hard way. I made some pretty sharp comments about Scott McKnight some years ago mm-hmm. on the blog. And Scott's and I have since struck up a friendship. Yeah. And I still feel guilty <laughs> about having right. personally whacked him. And I have apologized to yeah. him for that. And, yeah. and that really was a watershed for me. Okay, you need to, if you have the ability to cut people down to size with words, that is an ability that needs to be used very sparingly. Right. Right. Very, very carefully. Yep. Yep. Use it so, when it has to be used and yeah. use it carefully. Yeah. Well, once again, we have set the world to rights. We thank you for joining us. So do check our website, mortificationofspin.org, and we look forward to being with you all next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. 
make sure to visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, to download the MP3 message, Kosher Cooking and All That, by James Boyce. Next episode, Pastor David Murray joins the gang to talk about his ministry. So, David, you say this sort of turned your world upside down or blew your world apart. Um, What kind of things did this make you do? Obviously, as a Christian, as a pastor, you're wanting to be faithful to Scripture. But I don't want to put it in the way of saying, you know, where was Scripture inadequate for the problem? But where did the problem manifest itself in a way that Scripture did not directly address and, and you had to look elsewhere, if you like? Check in next time to hear more. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to visit mortificationofspin.org to download your MP3. We're the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. We have such deep pockets. Yeah, we've got, I mean, we, got we, we light our cigars with $100 bills mm-hmm. at the Alliance of Confessing nice. Evangelicals. Yeah.